Hey, Donnie here. I wanted to tell you about Champions 90. Champions 90 isn't a workout routine or a fitness routine. This is about you transforming your life mentally, giving yourself an upgrade while you build to business freedom. Champions 90 is about you getting quiet with your thoughts, staying focused on building your business, and getting you to freedom. Come join the challenge at champions90.com. And I found this Chinese guy, and he chose the American name Forrest. And Forrest just wanted to work for an American girl, so he worked for me for free. And I said, Forrest, go out into China and find me a factory. Tell them we're going to make it into Macy's, and we are going to kill it. But they have to work for free because we don't have money to pay for that. <laughs> All of the money from my diamonds, I only wanted to use to get myself to New York and throw the most lavish setup that when she saw it, she'd be like, you've got something. You're listening to Donnie Success Champions, where I believe everybody is on a journey. Life is all about the stories you can tell and teach later. You're going to hear the stories of people who have overcome hardships, failures, and life to find success along their journey. All right, guys, going to be another fun episode. I'm looking forward to this. I'm bringing on Miss Darby Angel, and I already like her spunk and fire, so this should be a really, really good episode. I'm Donnie Bovine. This is Donnie Success Champions. Miss Darby, welcome to the show, my dear. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, tell us a little bit about you. Tell us your story. Tell us your journey, and take us on an adventure. Oh, my gosh. It is an amazing journey. It feels like the version of Elf whenever he's talking about walking through the candy cane forest. Like right. That is my life. Yes, <laughs> it is insane. So I am in my 11th year. Um, this next week, it'll be 11 years that I've been just on the most amazing journey of my life. Um, I had started out working for one of the largest law firms in the U.S. I was 20 weeks pregnant, went into labor at work, and got put on bed rest. Oh, and, wow. um, yes, I am now divorced and had told my ex-husband, though, um, I want to start my own company, and I'm going to make it into Macy's. I saw it so clear, Donnie. I was like, yep, see who I'm going for. And he was like, okay, you're hormonal. You're going to go back to your real job after the baby's born. And I was like, well, I have 20 weeks. I can either watch TV or I can actually do something. And he was like, well, you're not getting any money. And I was like, you know what? I don't need your money. And so a partner at the law firm had four diamonds. And I told her, Cindy, give me your diamonds. Whatever you want, I will get. But whatever I get on top of that is mine. And she was like, please take them. I can't get rid of them. So I flipped them, Donnie, and I made so much money. And it was so easy. I was like, I need more diamonds. <laughs> and so I start Googling and I get as close to the diamond source as I can. And it's this guy in Israel and his name was Humi. And I was like, Humi, I just called him up. Humi, I would like to buy four diamonds from you. And he was like, whatever, you're a little American girl. I'm not going to deal with you. And I was like, no, we're going to be best friends by the end of this phone call. And we were. I've worked with him now. I mean, it's our 11th year working together, <laughs> and 
I bootstrapped the whole company on diamonds up until two years ago. Um, and then my friend Kendra Scott stepped in and she was like, you know what, honey, I think you've done as much as you're going to do with diamonds and like going back and forth between that and your company focus on what you're doing. And so at that point I brought in, um, an amazing partner but at the same time as all the diamond stuff was going on keep in mind only have 20 weeks to get this company up and going or i have to go back to my real job which sucks i mean i was in a cubicle and i don't like cubicles it's like <laughs> sudden death right who likes and so right i i mean some people thrive there but i am not that person uh, <laughs> and so i was like do not send me back to the cubicle <laughs> so <laughs> That was before LinkedIn started. So you could not look up a buyer at Macy's and their name populate. They actually try to hide from people like me. Right. So I found out one of the numbers from a Macy's at Macy's buyer. I'd never been to New York before. And all I could picture in my mind was, okay, Macy's, Macy's corporate office was in the Hippodrome building. And that's next to Bryant Park, which is where all the fashion shows happened at the time in the industry. And so I started cold calling uh, Macy's corporate office and just changing up the last four digits of their phone number. I love it. And it's, yeah, I have my like little yellow legal pad in bed and I have all of it. It's like six, four, six, you know, 100 and then 1000 and then 1001. And I did that for two solid weeks until I finally got the head of who I was looking for. She answered the phone. I said, hi, my name is Darby Angel. And I swear to you, she said, fine, you found me. Thank you. <laughs> and I was like, yes, best day ever. <laughs> so we had set up a meeting and thankfully it was a month after my daughter Gianna was going to be born. So I didn't have to be like, okay, so that's not going to work because you know, I'm second bed or like some drama already. Right. <laughs> so that was set. And then I needed to create product samples to show her. And so Skype had just started that year. And I found this Chinese guy in each host of American name Forrest. And Forrest just wanted to work for an American girl. So he worked for me for free. And I said, Forrest, go out into China and find me a factory. Tell them we're going to make it into Macy's and we are going to kill it. But they have to work for free because we don't have money to pay for that. <laughs> All of the money from my diamonds, I only wanted to use to get myself to New York and throw the most lavish setup that when she saw it, she'd be like, you've got something. So no money was going to be touched for anything else. So Boris finds me Ralph Lauren's factory. And I was like, that's great. I mean, if Ralph Lauren feels safe, I don't know what I'm doing at the time. I had no clue what I was doing. But if Ralph Lauren feels safe here, I will be safe. So I was like, great. And on top of that, I didn't have a design program. And so I only have PowerPoint. And I would create all of my designs in PowerPoint. And what that looks like is I would have like a shape on the rim of the plate and then I would write out to the side you know make this dot black it, which is ridiculous looking at how people do things but I was so sure that I was going to make it and I communicated that strong enough to the factory they didn't even question it it wasn't like why are we receiving this in a powerpoint file and not a design file and so made it through all of that 
and the factory would hold up the designs at the end of the night before I was going to sleep and I would be like move that dot just a little bit over like literally doing that just like a little bit over to the right and let's redo it so got all the samples in and set up a beautiful I rented out a penthouse suite that overlooks Madison Avenue I had never been to New York before this and the buyer came in well let me tell you this though I uh, my brother went with me and my mom to watch my daughter so literally five minutes before I went down to get the buyer I was breastfeeding my daughter in the room like while memorizing what I was going to say and so my mom takes the baby down and then my brother and I got in the elevator to go downstairs to get the executives there were going to be 14 Macy's executives there and I looked at my brother it was the first time I had to pause in that whole 20 weeks and I looked at him and I flipped out I was like what the crap, Aaron? I don't know what I'm doing. You've got to talk. I can't do this. And he looked at me and he basically slapped me with his words. And he was like, you need to pull yourself together right now. This is what you've created. This is the life that you want. And if you don't go get it right now, it's over. And I was like, got it. Thank you for hitting me. <laughs> <laughs> and so brought the Macy's executives up. And she believed in me so much. She walked in. She was like, oh, my gosh, I thought you were going to have paper plates. And she said, you know what? She questioned me so hard. Did I know everything that she was asking? No, I did not. But I was like, I can do it. I swear to you. And she said, if I never have to hold your hand, I'll let you in. And she said, I'm going to pull Ralph Lauren and Vera Wang and test you in their spot. And she said, I'm pulling Ralph Lauren because he can't ship correctly from his factory. And I was like, oh, that sucks for him. Right. So I'm thinking, oh, my God, <laughs> we're in the same factory. <laughs> so um, what happened was the Chinese factory started thinking, oh, we can get more money out of these people. Well, they told me we want double the money or else we're not going to release your goods. And I was like, nope, I'm not playing that game. So my brother and I flew to Bangladesh. Okay, now keep in mind, I had only been, to, that was my first time to New York. I've never been out of the country. I've never been to, you know, um, a place in the Caribbean at that point, never been to Europe. So my brother and I fly to Bangladesh. This is shortly after 9-11. So we go from DFW Airport to Bahrain and then Bahrain to Dhaka. And I will just say there were things that happened on those flights even. We had to make an emergency landing in Pakistan. And even going there, I was like, you know what? I'm not sure I'm going to make it home. <laughs> right. I, I, I think at that point, but it was the craziest thing. I truthfully believed it. But it was like this peace. I thought, you know what? At least now my mom will be able to tell my daughter when she grows up, hey, your mom went for it. She had a dream. And no one else around her thought that she would make it, but she went for it. And so that was the only thing that I had in the back of my mind. I was like, well, at least my daughter will know what a strong woman looks like. So we get there, we land, and Bangladesh is a third world country. It's 10 years behind India. Our hotel was the Westin, and the Westin is surrounded by like 12-foot-high blocks, the center blocks. And on top of that are rows and rows barbed wire. And you have to go through a bomb check to even get into your hotel. And so that was 
I mean, I had never been through any of these types of experiences. During that first trip, I was pulled out of the car and had a um, gun pointed at me. And a man had told me what he wanted to do to me. And it was just to stir up. I'm a woman in a Muslim country, and I'm white, and I was not what they wanted. (laughs) So we we ended up getting into the car after we dropped our bags off, going straight around to look for factories. And it was on a dirt road on the way to the factory that the soul of the company was created. I saw a 10-year-old little girl, and she was laying over her deceased mother, and she was screaming for someone to come and save her. And it was like, I still remember, I'm like trying not to cry right now. (laughs) Like I was in a slow motion movie and I was spinning around in the car thinking, who's going to run over this little girl? And out of hundreds and hundreds of people on those streets, so just to give you an idea, in Dhaka, the capital where I am, there are over 15 million people in that one city. So that tells you how many people are on this dirt road with me, hundreds and hundreds. Not one single person gave that little girl a second glance. And so I thought, what is happening in a culture where death is so common that it means nothing to them? So we finally get to the factory after that, and it's a long conference table, about 12-foot conference table in a dark room. I'm the only girl there. And I start asking the guys, the executives in the room, hey, what's the capacity? Are there any audits? And no one answered me. Hmm. And I turned to my brother. It was like I was a ghost. I turned to my brother. and was like, Aaron, can you ask them this? And they responded immediately to him. And I thought, you know what? There's two different sides of me. And I was struggling. I was like, do I want to put my check down on the table and be like, see that name on that check? That's Darby Angel. Talk to me or I'm walking out. Or am I supposed to be here for a certain reason? And that side pushed over. And I said, you know what? What I've seen in this country, I'm supposed to be here for a reason. And I think I've seen those sites on the way here for a reason. And so I allowed my brother for that first year. He did all the correspondence. And at the end of that year, each of my men had lost a child due to unclean water, infections. And at the end, they each were coming to me saying, you are a good person. Will you just be with us? They didn't know why. They were like, we just need you near us right now. And so through that, we gained this such a strong bond, just being there for each other. And they said, what, what can we do for you? And I said, I want more women. In Bangladesh, we only had 50 women at that time. Now we've grown over 3,000 women that we employ. I mean, not only that, we have women doctors in our factory. So anyone can bring their children even, get seen for free in our factory if you work there. You get fed three hot meals a day for free. We have free childcare for the women. So if you're a woman and you have an infant and you're needing to make more income for your family, that is not something that's going to hold you back anymore in, the, in that culture. You can now bring your child in. We will watch them for you while you work. And we even send buses out into the villages two hours away. We'll pick you up and bring you into work and take you back home at the end of the day. And after we got to that point, I thought, okay, I feel really good about the impact that I've made there now. Um, I want to branch out. 
what else can I do for this culture? And sex trafficking is pretty big. There's a brothel about three hours away from my factory that's the largest brothel in the world. They service over 5,000 men a day, which you're like, what does that even look like? Yeah. (laughs) And so I thought, if that's going on in this culture, what is happening to the little girls? You know, are they being used as well? They're just going to become prostitutes, you know, and the little boys are going to become pimps growing up around this. And so it's only going to grow. And so I wanted to go see it and then start taking the little girls out that wanted to have a different life. And it's crazy. Even though it's a third world country, there's a stigma around these children and around these women. Everyone's living in the dirt. So no one should feel like they're better than anyone. It's not that, you know, Susie down the street is succeeding any differently than this woman that the prostitute is, but they've made them feel that way even in this culture. And so the children are brought, being taught, this is all you can do because of your mother. The culture will not allow them out of that brothel. And so we have 17 girls that have been brave enough to leave their mothers, come live in our safe house. Now they're getting taught in accredited education. Um, They can even come over here to college if they want. And so my goal is to keep building up these girls in their culture so they can dare to dream their craziest dream. And what we tell people is, you know, through this journey, I was learning to find my own voice and my own legs as I was trying to help others find their voice. But we will always be a voice until these women can be strong enough to have a voice and we will be their legs until they can find their own legs. And it's just amazing watching them stand up on their own. And it's probably even more of an amazing thing to watch the men. Um, They're like my Bangladeshi brothers now embracing this because it's something new for them too. Um, to, you know, it's not what they've been taught. So, so I'm it's, curious with this whole thing, crazy. I say crazy because you're absolutely nuts and I love it. Um, where the hell you? <laughs> where the hell do you hide your cape? Because I, might, <laughs> I thought you said cake. I was no, like, no, that does sound good. <laughs> where do you no? Where do you hide your cape? I mean, girl, this is nuts. I mean, I, uh, the first thing that pops it's in my like, head. Is, is where the hell does this gumption come from? So I was told in a meeting one time, I was like really taken back. There was a guy who was like, man, you have balls. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't know how to take that. That's the first time I've heard That's that. Um, <laughs> I'm embracing that now. <laughs> no, I don't look at it like that, though. I, I see something. And I think that I've endured things in my past that allowed a certain shock factor to be taken away. And so instead of running away from things, I push forward and I will run towards people that need help instead of being like, this is dirty. This is scary. I'm out. I only want pretty. And so I think after people realize that, yeah, it's hard, but you know what? It is like, I can't imagine sacrificing this other side of it because I'm too afraid of 
you know, what might happen. I have the most insane stories that people would just be like, oh my gosh, um, how have you survived? We now travel with some Navy SEALs and they're like, yeah, so you shouldn't still be alive after all this stuff. Right. Like, really? <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> I thought I was just doing it right. <laughs> I think it's just like pushing through your fears and learning like, yeah, I'm feeling a little uncertain right now, but that's okay. And not only like embracing that, but no, like after I get through this scary thing, I'm going to be so much stronger than what I just was. So don't hide underneath the table like you want to and shake. Like, let's do it. And I'll see you on the other side. <laughs> so, man, when you were in third grade, now, granted, I had mm -hmm. the greatest third grade teacher's name in the world. Her name was Miss Smiley. I mean, it's just a perfect name Ooh. for a third grade teacher, right? If Miss Smiley would have asked you in third grade what the heck you wanted to be when you grew up, at what yeah. point would you have jumped up, run around the classroom, and said, I'm going to save a third world country and, you know, change the lives of thousands of people to inspire them to go for more and give them jobs, education, pull them out of brothels? At what point did you jump up and say that was all going to happen? Never. Right. And I'll tell you something else. I mean, I didn't even graduate from college. When I was in college, I asked one of my professors, you know, what can I do with this degree? And she's like, oh, sweetheart, you're probably just going to get stuck in an office. And I was like, I thought to myself, you've got to be kidding. Right. Like, I thought that there would be something so much more grander than that in my life. And, you know, me coming to a, a an adult who's supposed to be guiding me and grooming me for success, I thought, that was my answer. Like, you're basically need to get comfortable with becoming nothing, is what she was telling me. And I had gone through, I had a stalker in college, and it just became to the point of, okay, do you want to live? You can't stay here or keep, you know, fighting through it here. And so I left, and I was told that, that I was friends with uh, the dean of the college and his family, and he brought me in. And he said, you know what, Darby, statistics say you're not going to make it. You're probably, you know, you'll never finish college. And on top of that, like, you won't be able to be successful in anything that you do after here. <laughs> and again, I was like, oh, my gosh. I mean, really? <laughs> that's that's going to be my life now or what my mentors are telling me. Like, nothing. And so I looked at him and I was like, you got the wrong person. And I, you know, got stuck in a path at the beginning that it wasn't what I had hoped for my life. He was right. And I fought against it. And that's when, you know, when I was pregnant with my first daughter, I thought, this is my time. I've been given this. And I'm not going to wait for anybody else to tell me, like Miss Smiley, you know, might have guided other kids and been like, Y'all are going to do great things in life, guys. And here's your sticky sticker. And like, <laughs> I'll be cheering you on throughout life. I wasn't going to wait for anyone else after that happened. I realized, you know, I think when I got pregnant with my daughter, I did not want that life for her. And I thought, if 
anybody, you know, if she is going to dare to dream her craziest dream, if I'm not, how is she going to? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I'm blessed. I became my best advocate and the best Miss Smiley that I could for myself. (laughs) I love that. You know, and, and I'm sure on that journey, you had people looking at you like you were crazy. You know, like, you know. Oh, are you kidding? <laughs> I would get calls weekly from people that loved me. The people that were closest, well, you know, closest to me at the time saying, you're not going to make it. Stop. Why would they pick you? They already have people on the wall. You're a no one. And then issues with factories. You better, you know, put down all your cards now and just cash in. You're going to fail. You're never going to recover. I mean, it went on and on, and it still goes on today. Now those people that did that then, um, I I say today, I've cut them all out basically now because it's like, okay, come on. It's never going to end. <laughs> hey, guys. It's Donnie here, and I just want to let you know that we've recently launched a content development company, and this company helps people – Get social content. You know you need to put out a lot of content nowadays to get engagement out there in all your social platforms. But we've come up with a really cool way to help you get videos, blog posts, memes, social posters, and infographics for you know whatever social site you need. So check us out at successchamps.us and learn more about how you can get social content for your social media. Support for this podcast comes from Point Blank Safety Services and Blue Family Fund. Blue Family Fund, helping dependents of law enforcement families on their journeys. Blue Family Fund is a nonprofit that raises funds and offers financial support through higher education scholarships for dependents of law enforcement officers and by providing financial assistance for families of fallen law enforcement officers. Every dollar donated will go to the families of police officers, either through scholarships to dependents of police officers or as aid to fallen officers' families. Visit us at bluefamilyfund.com. But at that point, they were like, what do you know about clean water? You have no experience in digging clean water wells. How could you help women? You know, and it just continued on. It's like, okay, like if you can't figure out at this point, like I will conquer what I go out and set my mind to. I like you have to just realize at some point you don't need that around you. The only thing I'm going to say that just a little bit is at some point, you know, it almost sounds like every time they challenge you, you were like, hold my beer and watch this. I mean, you know, uh, yep. <laughs> it, it was. And that was a part of the scary part, actually cutting that out. I thought to myself, will I actually still be able to be successful without any negativity around me? Mm. And that was something that was scary to me. I thought, you know, I have such amazing supportive people around me. Which way is it going to go? Have I been held back because I've allowed it to stay or has it pushed me forward? And so, you know, that was something that I did to myself and I shouldn't have.
Yeah, no kidding. But it's a learning experience. And I love the fact that you have constantly stepped into your fear because a lot of people won't do that. You know, they're going to get stacked up against it and they're going to choose to go the easy route and not push through. How have you literally time and time again continued to step into that fear? Is it from experience or is it is it you're just a glutton for punishment and, lo- and embrace that, that portion of it? <laughs> no, I can compare it to like working out and when you first start working out you're like oh my gosh it's such a cool day it's rainy I just want to get my pjs and sit on the couch and watch a comedy you know and so it's that first step okay I'm going to test the water a little bit I'm just going to go get on the treadmill and I'm just going to walk it's like testing that and then you build your muscle to become stronger and stronger and now I see things that are on the horizon and they're coming at me and it's scary yes it is but you know what I know I'm going to flex that muscle just a little bit harder today and I'm going to bust through that door and you know what that thing on the other side is going to be even better whether that's hey I'm having trouble expanding on the floor space and pushing to know you know I'm very, I, I believe strongly in listening to my gut, which I thought everybody could. And I'm finding out that not everybody has tapped into that yet. Listen to your gut, people. I promise you it will not lead you wrong. <laughs> it's a muscle as well. But once I started, my gut's telling me, keep knocking through it, Darby. That thing on the horizon that's scary, you're going to get past it because I know in the end that's where we're going. Whether it's helping more women, you know, bringing in more doctors for our people, whatever it is. Once you start flexing that muscle, you'll realize, got it, it's hard, but on the other side, it's so much better. It's, and it'll get easier and easier over time. But just start little by little, and I swear to you, you'll get through it. You're not going to die. Well, as long as you're making sure you're taking the right, right. steps. As long <laughs> as you're in the country with Navy SEALs around you, right? Right, right. <laughs> You know, what's, what's interesting is I've learned through my journey that you've got to get punched in the face by life to figure anything out. Mm-hmm. And it's That's interesting definitely. that that you, you know, have embraced that same concept. You've done it a little bit louder than I've done yet, but just hold my beer and watch this. I'm coming for you. Do it. Come on. <laughs> you know, but it's fun because seeing somebody who's hitting your level of success and the things you're doing and all the stories you're in and the lives you're changing, people often forget the journey you've gone through to get there, Yeah, you know, yep. uh, and you know, the, the relationships you had prior to talk to us just a little bit about, you know, it all starting out and you know, that first time you're going through it and you see your stuff in Macy's and, and you're, you're like, uh, hey, here it goes. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's such a good point because I think that some people just look at your life now right. and they're like, oh, you're so lucky. You live such a glamorous <laughs> life. Like right, you're, right. you know, Martha Stewart's place. And no, uh, it isn't like that. I was alone. I was, you know, not only alone, but I was being told over and over again, you can't and stop. And there were nights that I was alone at 2 a.m. having to work through, like, you know, a derailed train with product on it, you know, uh, monsoons coming in, and will our products make it out? There's so many things that you have to work through, 
but I will tell you, you, you named it right. When my product got onto Macy's floor and walking up the Herald Square's um, location in New York, the Macy's on 34th Street, I just bawled. <laughs> I <laughs> like went up and I was like, oh my gosh, I actually made it. Um, and it was, we made it on the floor in a year, um, which is, I mean, I didn't even understand what I was, um, what I had until you know, a few years later. I mean, that space is coveted. That's retail space that's shrinking, um, and we made it. And so I think that, you know, it makes me pause. Um, yeah, but now at that I, point, isn't ignorance bliss? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I've told myself, like, allow yourself to be a little ignorant for a little bit longer at each of the mountaintops because there will be more valleys. It's just when is it coming? Um, I used to think that once you reach the top of the mountain that first time, like, that is just going to be the top of the mountain. Well, that's not true. Um, what I've learned to do is enjoy the climb just as much as I like to be on top of the mountain looking at the most beautiful sunset view. And so we've, I've adapted into the company now what we call is our sunset. And after everything that we do, uh, my director of operations, she's been with me now for five years. And so after that really hard call, the government in Bangladesh and our government here had said, hey, y'all can't go to the brothel. And I was like, nope, there's little girls there that need me. I'm going to the freaking brothel. And so we went and it came to a point where I had to tell one of the Navy SEALs, hey, you know, if at any point you think we're not going to make it out of here. You tell me because I can't leave my team. Well, I want to go and I want to impact lives. I can't kill my team um, because of something that I'm trying to impact. And so I adopted our sunset after that trip. And I said, you know what, Rebecca, it's your choice. But if you like, if we get through this, we're, we're going to have our moment. And so we went to Doha. We went sand duning, which is like going 80 miles an hour in an SUV down uh, the sand dunes. It's like surfing down the right. mountains of sand. We went on a camel ride, and it was just, uh, so with everything that we do that's hard, whether that's, you know, launching onto Bloomingdale's floor, after we do that, we do something all together as a team to be like, we made it, because I can guarantee you, the Monday after that, something's going to happen. Right. And so I've learned to like soak in that moment. You deserve it because you're about to gear up for another trek. <laughs> well, and it's so important because I think often people forget to celebrate the wins. Mm-hmm. When when you don't celebrate the wins, you never feel accomplished. At least that, that's, that's my experience. Yep, totally. I totally agree with you. So – now you've got this company that is in some circles defined as one huge success and you've been able to do some amazing and brilliant things, change the lives of literally thousands of people in a country that people don't even think about, you know, which is mm-hmm. a, truly a, a beautiful thing. You know, what's next for Miss Darby Angel? I mean, where's life taking you? Where are you going to do what superhero power are you going to pull out next? 
Lord, oh, no, I am not a superhero, like, in the least. That We have so many things in the works. We've been on QVC a few times and just love that whole family. So I'm expanding there, and I am so blessed. I don't know if you know her or not, Kendra Scott. Yeah, very uh, well. She's actually um, from Fort Worth with me. Yay! She is amazing. I had gone to her as a mentor at first, or, or hoping to get a mentor. And she looked at me and she said, girl, nope, forget that. I have your back. And she has to buy me in the hardest, darkest hours of my life, personal and business, and be like, I've got your back. And so we've just launched a tabletop line for her. And it is, uh, it's just been such an amazing experience from beginning to end. Not only that, those two partnerships, but we just launched at Bloomingdale's, which I'm so excited about. And then I'm doing a book right now. We're launching, I've just licensed my name on some loungewear and some luggage that I'll be launching in 2019. And then we're also doing a sizzle for a TV show. So it's about rising up and traveling the world. So it'll show us going to Bangladesh, empowering women there. It'll show me with my girls here in the U.S. and what that looks like, building them up every day as well to be confident girls. And then going and working behind the scenes with the QVC team and our Macy's team is showing not only is it about empowering women in Bangladesh, we're empowering people here as well. And I'm just as passionate about that and blessed by the women that empower me in our partnerships at Macy's and QVC and with Kendra that I want to show each of those different sides. So our producers are just amazing men that one had found Julia Childs and had launched her show and mm. then did with Martha. And then the other one, he had done a huge hit series. And so I'm, I'm so blessed to get to work with these guys. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, at some point in your journey, do you ever sit there and take a pause and just kind of look back and reflect on how much you've actually accomplished? On a day like this with you, that's, <laughs> That's when it, or somebody will write and be like, you know what? I've been sitting on the front row watching you and I know what you've gone through. And it's at those points, it's like that little pat on the back. It's like, I pause at that point. And I'm like, yeah, you know, you're right. I don't think on it very often, but I can't tell you. I mean, it was the most insane journey. And I know it'll be the most insane journey from here on out. I think you're just getting started, girl. You know, oh, thank you. I really think that you've done some cool things, but you know, I'm a firm believer that you know where you are is always the start. So I'm really looking forward to see how big you really go. Thanks. You're welcome. You're welcome. Because you know, you've got a great spirit from from this conversation. I love your vibe. I love your energy. And you know, I really think that through your story and all these different vehicles, you know, the books, the TV shows, I think you're really going to impact some people and continue to inspire and change lives. I mean, at some point, you know, you're going to find some young lady or some young guy walk up to you and go, you completely changed my life. Look what I'm doing now. Not just in the Bangladesh area. So, so I love the fact that you're sharing your story so people can learn from your experience. Well, I'm blessed. I love doing podcasts and reaching out to people because 
I think so often people just see now and they forget. I mean, it wasn't always like this. I did have to do it, you know, alone. There wasn't anybody to be like, get up. I know it. You know, I know it's not going well. And I could have just decided not to turn on the light so many times and do CPR on the company. <laughs> but you you can. You have a dream. I would encourage everyone, chase it, push it. Don't die with any regrets. And I think that that's the most like fulfilling thing is most of the time people don't really get that glance at life until it's too late. And I think it's important. If you have something that you want to do, just do it. It's not going to be easy, but I promise you, you're going to grow. Yeah, I often find that's so beautiful. I mean, I often find remind myself on my journey, and I have a fun phrase that I, I tell myself quite often. Like, this is that story you're going to tell on a show later. This is that story you're going to tell mm-hmm. on a podcast later. And what I found for me is that's been a very, very empowering thing because, and you've proved it several times with your story, it's the people that win or what society calls success are the people that can hold on long enough for it to work. Yep. Exactly. Yep. I mean, my runways run out many times. (laughs) Keep tapping, you know, push through, look for a window. There's always an escape route uh, to get back in. Definitely. Absolutely. So how do people get in touch with you? I mean, I know they can buy your stuff in the stores, but if they wanted to send a message, they wanted to tweet at you, all that stuff, how do people find you? Yeah. Go to Instagram, Darby Angel. It's D-A-R-B-I-E. My last name, Angel, with two L's on the end. You can do it through there, or you can do it through Facebook as well. Same thing, Darby Angel. And I would love to hear from y'all and know that if anybody is listening right now, if you have questions, if you're like, yeah, but I'm still too scared, message me and I will kick your booty and get you into (laughs) gear to just start. That's awesome and amazing. Well, Miss Darby, I got to tell you, this has been a blast. I've really enjoyed, you know, having you come on the show. Here's how I like to wrap up every episode. And I do stump some people, so stand by. Okay, do it. <laughs> if you were going to leave the champions who listen to this show, you know, entrepreneurs, business owners, guys, gals that are all going on their journey, and, you know, they're, they're really getting inspired by other people's stories and what they've overcome to find their success. If, if you mm-hmm. were those people with a quote, a phrase, a mantra, a saying, you know, something they can take with them on their journey, especially when they're stacked up against it, what would be that quote yep. or phrase you would say? Remember this. You've got this. Mm. Just simple. You've got this. Get your booty up. You've got this. When you're scared, that. you've got this. I want you to make a um, t-shirt that says, get your booty up. I will. I, will. <laughs> <laughs> um, I tell myself that all the time. I mean, in everything in life, if I'm ever scared, I'm like, nope, you've got this, girl. And get your booty up. Because you know I fall. I, that better be your book title. Get your booty up. 
Get your video. <laughs> you know, I was searching for a title. Maybe we just found it. <laughs> Good. I want accreditation. I don't need any royalty. I will. I want accreditation for that. <laughs> I'll call you out. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Darby, thank you so much for coming on and telling your story on the show. It has been a lot of fun getting to know you, hearing your story. Thank you, you know, sharing it with us and taking time. Thank you so much for having me. I feel extremely blessed and honored that you allowed me to be on. Look forward to hopefully doing an update with you in a few months and telling you some crazy journey that we're on now. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Thanks, Darby. Thanks for listening to Donnie Success Champions podcast. If you'd like to hear more about our current guest today, or if you'd like to hear stories from our other guests on the show, come hang out with us on our website at successchampspodcast.com. I really appreciate you tuning in. If you need to reach out to me for any reason, you can catch me at Donnie at DonnieBovine.com. Kevin and I have a lot of fun each week recording these episodes and sharing our best thoughts and ideas with you all. Man, we're just proud to, to have you guys as listeners always tuning in. And we really appreciate the messages. We get the DMs, the emails, and the likes from you guys with questions and ideas for future shows. And that just means the world to us. We really are changing how the world networks. We've poured our heart and soul into Success Champions Networking, and it continues to grow. So if you haven't checked out a chapter and you're looking for a mastermind group of pure, absolute badasses that understand that giving introductions are way more powerful than referrals, go to successchampionnetworking.com and request a visit. And thanks for being you. Thanks for being a champion of your success, because that's what it means to be a success champion.